Welcome to this episode of Disrupt Education. I'm Peter Hostrosser. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Hit that subscribe button. Get the podcast right to you quickly as soon as they come out and learn all about education reform. If you get a chance, head over to disrupteducation.co. I'd love to connect with you there. You can read my blog and we can have conversations and you can see all the different things that are going on, including this podcast is listed there as well. Do me a favor, head over to edupexperience.com. I am part of the Ed Up Experience Podcast Network. It is an amazing network. You'll find all kinds of podcasts around education. Um, basically, the innovators in education talking with everybody around how change and the evolution and the learning in education is happening. edupexperience.com. On today's podcast, I have a unbelievable co-founder of Loud Capital. His name is Naveen Goyal, and he is an amazing individual. He's going to share his path. He's going to talk about how he co-founded Loud Capital and with the belief that venture capital can create a positive impact on society and the responsibility to educate and inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs to embrace this whole belief that a pursuit of investing in diverse and underserved communities is the way to go. It's venture for the people. This is a great discussion. We'll be right back after this to start the podcast. Have you ever thought about creating courses and training online? Without a partner to guide you through that process, you're going to be stressed about why your learners aren't engaged or how to create updated content, missing revenue opportunities, and not even having enough time. I know because I create online courses and I have a solution for you, e-learning partners. You don't have to be overwhelmed anymore. Become a partner with e-learning partners to create your courses and training stress-free and achieve the results you want to see. If you are thinking about wanting to create a course or training online and you believe like I believe that no expertise should go unheard, then click the e-learning partners link in the notes of this podcast and you can start your journey to create your courses and training stress-free. If you want all that and more from the e-learning partners, hit the link in the podcast notes because there's a free masterclass for you to take. That's right, a free masterclass. Hit that link today. I recently asked Jake, who is a sophomore in high school, why he uses SpikeView to share his learning journey. Um, I think it's really cool that you know SpikeView is really putting that abstract into con- concrete data and knowledge and then displaying that to the outside world. And I think SpikeView is different than anything else out there. Um, like I said before, because it's really taking that, you know, th- that those abstract skill sets and those abstract experiences and putting them into data that, you know, is actually mathematic and scientific and, um, you know, that matches you up with the best programs and, um, you know, best places for you. People, um, you know, who are really trying to make those changes in the world and they're going to be using SpikeView because SpikeView is that app where you can, you know, take, take those experiences and take those passions and put them out there. Um, and share with other people. And that's, you know, that's really powerful. And that, you know, that professional networking piece, um, you know, to be with other like-minded teenagers, that puts you ahead. That puts you ahead in a lot of ways. And so, um, you know, I think anyone who uses SpikeView right now has a leg up in the future and excited to see, you know, where those SpikeView alumni head up. Head to spikeview.com. Start your portfolio now for free. The Disrupt Education vlog can be found on YouTube. To hear it in podcast form, search Disrupt Education on any of the following podcast platforms. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast. 
Spotify, or Stitcher. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us on Disrupt Education. Uh, I've got a great guest today. We're going to jump right in. Uh, Naveen Goyal is here with us. He is the co-founder of Loud Capital. But guess what? He didn't go right into the VC, Loud Capital world, and uh, we're going to unpack that. But Naveen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Peter, thank you for having me. Very excited to talk. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, I gave you a very brief introduction. If you can give the listeners more of a kind of an in-depth bio of, of who you are and what you're doing right now, that'd be great. Sure. So I'm actually speaking from Columbus, Ohio, and pretty much grew up here. Uh, wanted to be a physician uh, forever since grade school. And I was fortunate enough and uh, lucky enough and worked my tail off enough to get into medical school. So I went to Ohio State for undergrad, uh, went to Cincinnati for medical school, and then trained in anesthesiology in Chicago. So uh, that was quite a journey uh, about. And I moved back to Columbus for really a dream job and, and practice for, for many years. Um, and so after a, a few years of practicing medicine, I was I was used to learning and taking tests and, and doing something for the next phase. And since there really wasn't a next phase, I, I just started reading and learning and absorbing things on business and entrepreneurship and um, things that I really didn't think about before. But something was very inspirational about entrepreneurs and building things. And, you know, you see these big brands of the the Tesla's and the Amazons and you read the stories, uh, which, you know, many of the stories humanize people that we look up to. And so... Uh, if you can relate to people, it really gets exciting because you can start imagining yourself going in that pathway. So um, a few years into my private practice, I ended up co-founding a mobile anesthesia company called SmileMD, uh, which myself and two of, close, two of my close friends, co-founders, uh, we founded together. And it, it started out as a side gig and it turned into something much larger. And, and you know, today in 2021, we're uh, called Offer Health, and we're in three states. We just closed our Series A, and we're taking care of thousands of patients every year. So uh, very exciting, uh, but it also opened up my mindset to building something uh, of our own and creating impact. And so since Offer Health takes care of a lot of kids that aren't able to be seen by our existing hospitals and medical systems for one to two years, um, and we take care of them within a month, um, it just opened up our eyes and mindset to, wow, we're actually solving a problem here. We're feeling good about it. It's a business. What else can we do? And so um, I ended up co-founding a venture capital firm called Loud Capital in 2015. And that started out as an opportunity to invest in great entrepreneurs who are looking for funding. And I was fortunate enough to be around uh, a network of physicians and, and other folks who were and had some capital to invest. Um, and I basically made the connections between these great entrepreneurs and investors who were looking for, for deals and started doing that. And Loud Capital was born uh, with my co-founder, who is an entrepreneur here in Columbus. And as we started investing, we realized there's a level of responsibility to be had with investing. Because when you invest in a person or an entrepreneur or a founder um, or even a community, it is very uplifting and empowering. And so 
just take that very seriously because that is quite, you know, you really need to look at who you're investing in, how you're investing, how are people getting to you to be able to be invested in. And so that's why we're very conscious and intentional about investing in various underserved communities, communities that aren't paid attention to as much as, as some others. And um, that's kind of how the loud story started. Well, that's, you know, I love the path and I, I, you know, in our conversations before of, you know, going into the physician world and, and then seeing some things, um, we're going to unpack that a little bit. Um, let's take your own education, even pre-college, pre-med, all this stuff going back into like, you know, your, your primary and secondary education. Um, what, what were, what was that path like? And then, you know, you kind of unpacked it a little bit of how you led into the empathy and understanding about, okay, this is something that's wrong. Um, I'll go there in a minute because I have a, a quick question there, but let's talk about your primary and secondary education. What was that like? It was nothing that memorable. I mean, it, it was, it was, I was a pretty disciplined, straightforward kid. Um, didn't cause a lot of trouble, talked a little bit. Teachers got, you know, complained a little bit about that, but always did pretty well in school. My Parents were very strict. Uh, you know, I'm an Indian American, so my parents immigrated from India in the '60s, and so it's not uncommon to have Asian parents that uh, basically said education is your ticket to a lot of things. So the emphasis of education was everything. So I knew that very early on. I'm the youngest in my family. I have two older sisters. We all did very well in school, and it, it really wasn't a choice. Um, but you know what? I, I came back, I did my work, put my head down, and then I played outside and did stuff. So not very, I'm not sure if you're looking for anything else, but it was no, not that memorable on the no. scale of. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate it. And, you know, culturally speaking, and, you know, I think a lot of our listeners worldwide are, you know, just kind of looking at that early path. And, and some people have something big happen there. Um, what I'm going to unpack a little bit is is kind of the empathy afterwards after you become a, a physician and you saw challenges. Um, you know, uh, my brother-in-law is actually a physician as well, and you know, I think one of the one of the challenges is when when you become the customer. Um, a lot of people I know, when you become the customer in anything, and you see, wait, why is this like this? But you're part of you know whatever. I do it in education, so I see the customers come through. What what were one or two memorable moments that you saw that, you know what, this is something that I can actually take hold of and help change? Um, especially, you know, you talked about your first entity um, and, and then, you know, moving around in anesthesiology. Was, was there a specific story there that, that like clicks in your head like this happened and this is what made me start to think? Yeah, I've, I've probably had a lot of moments and, you know, I'll tell you, Later in my um, anesthesia career, um, I started, I, w I became a medical director of one of my hospitals and I, I did that for seven years. And one thing that was starting to happen was the focus of time and resources in a meeting where we were not discussing the patients. And so I would, you know, go in the operating room, take care of patients um, in all walks of life and um, all socioeconomic levels. And, you know, you see problems, you, you hear about them, there's anxiety, um, there's, there's a lot of issues, right? There's social issues, there's obviously health issues, there's just so much that we hear as physicians where we're trusted folks taking care of people and, and we're more than happy and empathetic to do that. And then we're into the work that needs to be done to 
to continue enabling that, to continue to broaden the reach of healthcare. And we're talking about specific metrics or KPIs that have nothing to do. It has more to do with internal audits and making sure that we're, you know, this brand is is great. And and you and by the way, I, I respect talking about brand and culture and um, reputation. But when 90%, let's say, of the effort and discussion and mindset is going towards that, and we're not even talking about the patients, and oh, by the way, I saw 10 today and we had these kind of issues, it really, over time, you start to look around and you say, wow, like, what are we really doing here? Is this just a self-sustaining entity here? Um, and, and, and then I start thinking about, you know, and I think I, I'm a kind of a futuristic guy, and, and, and I always think broadly, I said, how many of these meetings are happening right now? You know, we trained, uh, I'm a very experienced physician here in this room, and this is what I'm like in charge of talking about. So that, that was a real, that was a moment. Um, and, and by the way, we had started uh, SmileMD probably a few years before. So I just had antennas that were uh, probably more sensitive than others, just knowing that we were building something and taking care of kids that this hospital wasn't even touching. Um, so, so that was a moment. A real moment when you when you're going into these. There's nothing like actually helping people, right? The humanistic approach is just really, and and it's similar in education. Well, I think it's just similar in any any entity that yeah. you're working with, right? Um, so let's go into loud <clears throat> capital. Um, now you've been able to branch out. You you've got a success according to VC world that we were just chatting about an exit. Um, what are some of the things that, that you're proud of and the things that you're doing with Loud Capital right now that are just obviously as a futuristic kind of thinker, these things are going to make a difference? Um, you know, throw some plugs out there. T- tell me what's going on with Loud Capital and, and what are some of the amazing things that uh, are happening? Yeah, of course. And I'll, and I'll start off by saying, you know, me being a physician and my co-founder being an entrepreneur to start something from scratch where we have multiple investors investing in us because initially you you do invest in the people, right? We are making managing decisions and judgment on who we should invest in. And now we have a large team now, but before it was just myself and Darshan, my co-founder. So we are doing, we are proudly doing things very entrepreneurial. And I say that because if you look at the state of venture capital right now, let's even call it venture capital, private equity, just investment firms in general. Um, first of all, there's a lot of folks now that are leaving their investment banking jobs and jumping into it. And there's a lot of, of very s- intelligent, smart people that are going into it. However, there's not enough entrepreneurs that are going into it. And I say that it's very important. And when we talk about the word empathy is how can a non-entrepreneur really invest with that same empathetic mindset and intention into other entrepreneurs, because that's what venture is. Venture is invest, taking capital and investing in growth companies. And so we hear many nightmare stories about, well, they didn't even you know, g- give me a chance. I-, I walked in, I flew down hours away, walk in the boardroom and they're you know, they were very mean. They didn't even look at me in the eyes. And, and so there's this culture of I have the money, I have power, you know, I, I, but, but there's no empathy of like how hard that person worked and how hard they are continuing to work outside of this meeting. Um, so we take a very 
different approach where we say we're at a table and we're on the same side of the table because we we've built businesses before we're currently building loud right now while we're thinking about investing in you and so we know that entrepreneurship is like this and sometimes going backwards and and it's not about the financials um only right we look at purpose and you you drive the purpose you drive the team around you you drive execution you drive you try to mitigate risk and there will be profit um i feel like the the field of venture capital focuses on profit and numbers and you have a lot of folks who come in um who do not have an entrepreneurial background so that's that's one aspect of how we're very different um, and then this, the second thing, which I think is hugely different, um, you know, myself and my co-founder happen to be um, Indian American. And so how does that affect this? Well, I think we're just a little more um, open-minded into people are not all white men. Okay. And I didn't realize this that early on, but that's what you know, as we have so many great people join the team, they say, this is just different. You, you're very intentional about how you invest in different folks. And so we're very intentional about um, focusing on underserved, underprivileged communities, communities that aren't even looked at. You know, we have a pride fund that that just invests in the LGBTQ plus community, which is the first of its kind in the world. And when we did it, uh, when my buddy Wolf Starr came up to me and said, you know, we've traveled around the country and even though there's there's a group of folks who don't get invested in, then you take the LGBTQ plus community. It's even a small segment there. So I think we should be more intentional about looking at that community, finding badass entrepreneurs. And if we, you know, if it checks all our boxes and it crosses our diligence and everything, let's invest in them. And guess what? I mean, not surprisingly, we found amazing gems, amazing people. And, you know, there's just different ways of approaching of an investment firm. And not everyone has the same mentality of, I'll, I'll go to your website. I know someone who knows a venture capitalist that I can get in. So it's about access. So how do you break down the barriers of the every tower of venture capital that a lot of people don't talk about their process? A lot of people aren't out there. We're very loud about it. We're very open. We want to educate people on how powerful it is. I love the different angles coming in on this, the diversity, the, the, the pieces looking in, because this is what I love to share to not only my listeners, but my students in general, um, because they're sharing it with me. You know, the empathy piece is such a skill that you don't hear it in the VC world. Um, I, I work with a lot of ed tech entrepreneurs <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me and they they do they're just like money 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 they don't see the value of actually how they're trying to help humans that's i i love the loud like and that's what really brought me to uh i don't know how we can somebody connected us like you need to get loud i think it was on a post that i got loud on uh and they're like no you need to you need to connect um so with that being said um here's a question i'm going to ask about teens and young people um, yeah. who are going into quote unquote entrepreneurship or have an idea of becoming an entrepreneur. What advice would you give um, a young person 16 through maybe 18 that are thinking, you know what, I want to I want to be an entrepreneur. What what are some words of advice that you would have for that person? First of all, I'm sure you know the stats. The stats are crazy that a 16-year-old today, there's probably what 70-80% of folks who want to be an entrepreneur is, is the last is the last uh, stat I heard. Uh, I would say it's it's a great time because of 
technology. Uh, it's a great time because of the focus on entrepreneurship, right? So there's so many people who are interested in it. Um, there's obviously social media that promotes it and, and there's, there's ways to start a business or to have a mindset of entrepreneurship. So a mindset of entrepreneurship is really, and I'll, this is, this is where I'll go straight, jump into the education realm. I was just talking to someone an hour ago about this, about being your young 16 year old self, you're probably still dreaming and, and thinking of creative things. And oh my gosh, I would love to do this. I see a problem here. I would love to do that. And then the existing infrastructure of education and career paths beat that down. They make you more specialized. They say, don't dream too much. You got to be really practical in what structures exist. And then start learning bigger vocabulary, start talking more intelligently, be educated. And guess what? I'm 44 years old. I'm in my own venture capital firm, and I'm now uh, being told to talk simpler, more simpler words, right? Dumb it down, Naveen. You're, you know, don't use these big words. You have to talk like you're talking to a 10th grader. And that's what we literally discuss right now at the age of 40 something with the whole group of adults who've done all this stuff all their life. So I'm basically unlearning a lot of the things that I learned. So I can tell the 16 year old, you are an awesome level right now. Sky's the limit. The creativity, have the, uh, it's, it's really instilling confidence. So be confident. I, I'm, I'm a person who left a, a high paying job and, and went into this world, but my fulfillment is so high. Um, the, the, the ability to have these conversations on changing the world for the better, um, are, are very exciting. And so that 16 year old can do anything. And, and I literally do these interviews because I, the 16 year olds to be able to hear this. Um, there's nothing wrong with staying in school and doing really well. Just that is one structure that's been built by people over time that hasn't changed. That isn't necessarily the way that the only way to think. Wonderful, wonderful advice. Um, I dropped the disrupt education question on you. How, how would you or what would be one or maybe two things in our kind of public education system that you would like to add or change out there? Yeah, so um, I was actually thinking about this. Uh, one thing is, you know, and again, there's no um, not really talking negative on any particular folks. But if you look at teachers, which I love teachers, right? I think there should be more than just trained teachers at schools. And so we're talking about mentorships for, for kids, et cetera, and people are very excited. Um, I was at Morehouse College a couple of years ago and I asked some of the seniors, what was your favorite moments of college? And Morehouse College, if you know, many are not familiar, it's an HBCU that is just like the, the the students I talk to are just so empowered. They know their history. They're so intelligent, but they're so um, ambitious. And so I, I just have a lot of respect for, for the college and what they do and the students. And, and I'll bring this back. One of their favorite things multiple times that I heard was we get, oh, once a week, there's someone who comes and speaks at the chapel and they're usually from the real world and they talk to us. And that's what that was their favorite thing. So what does that mean to me? There should be real like mentors, people who have done things out in the real world, coming and talking to students and sharing what the real world is like, because otherwise it's so academic, it's so books, and it's so talking to teachers who've done formal training. So I think mentorship is a big deal. Um, and then this is on my mind because I saw you either post this or talk about this yesterday about the eight periods, um, about restriction of time. You know, let's let's just take some rules out. 
Um, and I know this is easier said than done, but this is why these conversations are fun. You know, let's let's just start with a problem. Let's put some clay on the table and say, let's do this. And let's not time it. Let's not say, hey, we have to end this here because we have to go to the next thing. Let's just have some of these days of open thinking and creativity. But it takes, again, a different type of person to facilitate, manage, and optimize that situation, right? So there's a lot of things I can say about changing school and the school system. Um, I, I hope I have a little bit of clout in talking about this because I'm again I'm considered a highly educated person in this country. You know that I went to 12 years of school after um, after high school. Yeah, so I, I I would change a lot of things. In fact, my kids are 10 and 12, and I'm trying to figure out how to not unlearn a lot of the things that they have right now. That's uh, yeah. I love the sandbox approach. I mean, I, I I love the number one mentors. I mean, it's the one person that's going to be there with you, the accountability partner. Um, most of the students, man, that's a hard for me as an educator because I want to do that for everybody. It's almost it's virtually impossible, but you do the best you can, right? And then the sandbox, and and thank you so much for for saying that. Um, because that's where the play is, man. That's that's where the fun parts of uh, education is. Um, I want to round out here, uh, giving you a, a chance to kind of, you know, how can people connect with Loud Capital? What are you looking for? Uh, what what kind of things? How can people help? And then how can people actually say, hey, you know what? Loud Capital might be something that I can work with. Well, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, um, and I talk a lot about education, uh, investment. Uh, a lot of in, investing in general. I mean, there's just a lot of things I, I do on LinkedIn that I'm active on. Uh, Loud Capital, we have our website, loud.vc. Um, we're actually getting a new site in a few weeks, but um, there's a lot of opportunities to plug in. And, and there's people who, who obviously are looking for alternative investments. There are entrepreneurs who are looking for help. We have a venture studio that does you know, design sprints, uh, design thinking for different companies and corporations. Um, we also, you know, we do invest in certain entrepreneurs, but um, there's there's a there's a way to do that. There's applications, etc., uh, to apply online. Um, but yeah, we you know we touch a lot of industries. We're industry agnostic, so we're in from education, healthcare, ed tech, um, hydrogen energy. We're we're in a lot of different things. It's almost it's almost you know, like going to a buffet and saying, what do you, which industry do you want to pick today? And, and the, and the cool thing is it makes us learn a lot about that industry. And so there's foundationally a lot of things that overlap. Uh, but the, the nuances of each industry is so interesting. So I, I almost feel like I'm just learning something like a ton every day. Um, but yeah, so, so follow us, we try to post relevant stuff. And so since we're you know, loud and active as investors. We're also loud about education and talking about how we look at things, uh, what we see as problems to help solve. Um, so we're very community-based and hopefully that answers some of your questions. 100%, 100%. Um, you know what I love is is you're a lifelong learner. You love learning, um, you're curious. And I hope <clears throat> that's my goal for everybody uh, in life is just to continue to do something where you can learn through it. and. Man, I just I'm thinking, man, if there's a school that you could create for Lao Capital, I'm sending my kids to it, man, uh, because the, you're you're right. Like if you go to the website, you can see all the different entities they're working with and and all the you know all the logos, but they're all across anything, you know, any kind of subject matter. Uh, what a wonderful thing that you're doing. And, and uh, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you getting loud, loud with capital. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for being on the uh, podcast today, Naveen. 
Thank you so much, Peter. It's It's been a pleasure and I really appreciate what you're doing and having these discussions on education because I think it's important. It starts with discussion, then starts with some some people getting together and, and promoting action and then doing it. So, um, and we are, you know, pushing forward with the design thinking school so we can talk more on that. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's great to be here. Love it, love it. We all start with empathy. And I wanna empathize with everybody out there. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Until next time.